This episode of Chicago's Bravest Story is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Corey, you want to add to that? Oh, I could. That's that's how you start off. You say one (laughs) sentence. That's how you start off. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Keep that. That's All right. Now I know. All right. That was. uh, Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, That was brought to you by Sports and Ortho. (laughs) Visit the website. Google it. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Take two. This this episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Uh, today with us is Dahlia Fami from Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Dahlia. Um, so I was looking over. You guys have some cool stuff you're working with over there. Um, what kind of equipment do you guys use at Sports and Ortho that's different than the other places? Well, you know, I figured if I'm going to rehab some firefighters and police officers, we better have things that they use. So we actually have drag dummies. We've got stretchers. I've got my own fire engine on the south side. We've got some ladders and some hoses and um, a couple of punching bags. Yeah. So you're that Vince. They've even got a couple of Steve <laughs> over there. Oh, I can't, I can't say his last name. Uh, <laughs> we've we'll got a couple of Steve's over there. we got a couple of Steve's. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and looking over, like, your your staff over there is trained incredibly. Yeah, we, like, really, really highly train our staff to know how the body moves in motion. So we just, you know, spend a lot of money training them, making sure that they're well-trained to take care of all the patients that we have, but especially those fire and police officers that we treat. Well, Dahlia, I know that uh, you guys have been around for 17 years, and we talked that you got your start with your first actual patient was a Chicago fireman. Yeah. You know, we want to uh, let everybody know that if you come to sports and ortho physical therapy, that is, it is covered by our city program for rehabilitation. Absolutely. Yep. We'd love to have everybody come see us. Awesome. Dal, you guys have seven locations. Uh, where can people find you guys at? Well, they can look us up at sportsandortho.net. All our locations are listed there. That's probably the best way to find us. Go check out Dahlia over there, um, sportsandortho.net. Dan, didn't you have that happen to you too? Didn't you, didn't you get hurt and sit out and then something happened? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. It was the same type of thing? Okay. Do you want to tell the story? Yeah, I'll tell it. I, uh, do you still, I mean, there is a feeling of guilt? Do I? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I, we, are, we were pretty successful when I first went out to, uh, uh, I got in Afghanistan. I was there for a long time just training and doing uh, ops around the big base at, at Kandahar. Uh, six, six months, almost seven months of just sitting around trying to get out to the FOBs, trying to push forward. Nobody bought into the dog concept very well. And uh, finally they, they bought into it. 
and we went out. We went on a few missions, and September uh, September seventeenth, I rolled over an IED and got blown up. Uh, I broke my right leg, uh, my right foot, all the bones in my right foot, and I got. When some... you said you rolled over uh, in a vehicle, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, we were in a uh, a Land Rover Discovery. Myself <laughs> and my partner. There's another dog guy. The two dog guys were in the back. And we, we went over this area called Roller Coaster Hill. And what, what we did is we went out and back the same route. So we went out, and we didn't leave anybody to clear that area. And the, the funny part is the other guy's name is Al Bogus, and I'm friends with him today, and he's really struggling. And uh, uh, we were arguing about, about something. He goes, man, you're so fucking stupid. You can't even drive a stick shift. He was from West Virginia. <laughs> Al goddamn Bogus. He was, I was he was from Argentina. I was, <laughs> I was jamming the gears trying to get up the roller coaster hill. We go up and yeah, dip. Sorry about that when you get done. And I went up the hill, and I swear to God, as the thing went off, I thought I blew up the transmission. I was such a bad driver. <laughs> and we blew up, and all I remember is us both the vehicle's in air, I'm in air, he's in air. He goes, oh, dear God, they got us. <laughs> so we, 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 both, we both broke our inside legs. My inside foot, his inside foot. He had shrapnel in the face, I had shrapnel in the face. We were lucky. And I got a video of it, and uh, me laying there, and, and the guy comes running up, and he's filming it, and he goes, is this your first time blowing up? And I go, actually, yes. And I had no shirt on, and he cut my shirt off, and I, I'll, I'll oh, bring that video. God in. damn, if I could see that video, you with no shirt on. <laughs> This, about, this episode brought to you by yeah. Land Rover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How cool is that to have that on video, though? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, we, yeah. You tell that Jag off maybe to hold security, rear, like yeah. outside security, but hey, whatever. Thanks, guy. <laughs> so we, YOLO. So I went back. <laughs> I went back to the States. I was with, in, at that time, I was in ODA 391, third group. And I went back, and they rotated out. Uh, over Thanksgiving, another unit went out and rolled over another ID, and two young 25th kids got killed. Uh, Jacob Fleischer and uh, Jacob Fleischer, Fracker and Fleischer. And, uh, yeah, you were talking about them. Yeah. Uh, and we do, I do every Thanksgiving, I do a 10 mile road march on yeah. that day to honor them. And uh, so they they got killed. They got killed rolling over an IED. I was there specifically to walk in front of the vehicles to find IEDs. Could I have found it? It was an area that I knew. It was in a, an area that we traveled many times. It was a known suspected place. I'd like to think maybe I could have, you know, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. And when I came back from my, from, from that convalescence, I came back uh, right after Halloween and I stayed in the fob until that happened. I was back on Kandahar. The next day I was on a bird going right back out. I, I linked up with seventh group and now I was mad. So we, the, yeah. this is what you're talking about with escalating. I was, I was at that level 10. I was there and I tried to, I got the same dog. I went to the same fob that I had just been blown up at with a brand new team of young new guys. Now I was a vet and I was going to, I tried to kill everything. They, they, they had, they turned me loose. And now Remy, Remy's the, the best thing about that dog she synced in. was, was Remy in the vehicle when Remy you, was in the vehicle and you, you can see in the video, like they're filming us. They film me, they film Al, he's sitting there, he's all bloody. And then they go, the dog's okay. And they go, yep, the dogs are okay. <laughs> that's awesome so they didn't get the dog the whole front of the vehicle is gone blew the front of the vehicle off uh, and it was just we were luck completely luck that we got you know whatever we did the area went, that everywhere around us and uh, so after that I went after everything and I tried to get that's where I had I had a lot of significant action after that I had a lot of I, I took it upon myself to be to get after it yeah and I did <clears throat> I know exactly what you're talking about 
So you and Remy really, that was the worst thing these guys could do was the blow oh, you yeah. guys off because yeah. you came back with a vengeance. You and, you and Remy had a debt to so settle. So Remy's greatest strength was our, our intuitive bond. He knew what I want when I wanted it, and it was phenomenal. So if, I were, if I'm going to give him a bath, he would stand there and, and be, be still while I was giving a bath. If I wanted to, to, you know, him to go out and turn on and go to work, he would go to work. He was, he was the perfect, we had this intuitive bond. That's what his great strength was. He wasn't the best biting dog I ever had. He wasn't the best smelling dog mm-hmm. I ever had. He, sure. we had it, what it was is our mental connection. But what you wanted, he did. Which is better than anything, I'm extension, sure. He was an extension of me. Right. And I, and I, and I, knew, I, I knew that that's what was working. I knew that that was the key. So if I said I wanted to, I want to bite that guy, he would bite that guy. Yeah. And I didn't have to tell him. I have to point. I didn't have to. He just knew, and that's that's how we operated. And we were. How we were hard was it when you went out to see him mm-hmm. to leave? Like I imagine, like. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I want to break you down. Fuck yeah. this. So, <laughs> I'm having a hard time. You yeah. struggle. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can imagine. It blows my mind. I, I. So my second year was up, and I came back, and the dog belongs to. He's property of the army. He's not right. mine. So a new handler came in, and I transitioned over. And the first first couple of days, he would woo, he wouldn't operate for the new handler. He'd whine and cry for for the new handler. Wow. And I kept walking by. And the first day I walked by, and he ran back to see me. He, the guy's he's trying to train and bond with his dog, and his dog runs over to see me. The second time he does it, that, that happens again. I do it for like a week, and after like four or five times, he comes over. He goes, "You know what, hey, Sergeant, you're not doing me any favors." You're not helping us. You're not, you know, you're not helping this thing at all. So I stayed away for a little while, let him form that bond. And the day before I left, or it might have been the day I left, I walked past. And I don't know if he saw me or didn't see me, but he wasn't even focused on me. He didn't smell me. He didn't look at me. He was focused <laughs> on that guy. Right, right. He had transitioned. He was that good a dog. Wow. That, that wow. he transitioned to that guy. And then when I How special came, is that? And when I came to see him later, he bounded back up to me like I would, like we were right back, you know, eight years, eight years prior. He came bound to write it back to me. It was, crazy, man. It was amazing. So you wound up working with Remy after a break? Like you, you were separated for him for a while, yeah. and then you came back and you got to yep. work with Remy again so, in a second deployment? Yes. So I, I, had, I, I had a broken leg. I, I broke my tibia and all my metatarsals, and I have uh, pins put in them. And I, this happened September 17th, and I was back in country uh, by October, probably September probably November 5th, November 6th, somewhere right on the 1st of November. And I, t- I had to take another, until Thanksgiving, probably another two weeks. And, it, and I couldn't get out of the file. I couldn't get up fast. I could barely walk. <laughs> I, was, I was gimping around. So one of the things that they said, it, uh, Kandahar Airfield has an eight-mile uh, track around the airfield. And I kept bugging him, to, hey, I want to get out. I need to get back out. I couldn't even walk. So the, the one medic, the, the Delta goes, hey, you, you do a ruck march. You do 35 pounds to Army Standard around the, the, the field, track, yeah. around the track, and I'll let you back. You know, you, I'll sign you. You can go back. So, like, four hours later, I'm dragging my leg around. <laughs> I remember, like, a British patrol goes, are you okay? You all right, mate? You want to ride? Fuck you. And I'm, <laughs> I was just dragging my leg. I, I was, oh, this, oh. Right. I, I could barely make it. It took me, like, four hours to do, like, eight miles. I was, it was horrible. <laughs> so I come back. Four. Four hours is standard for twelve miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was that was the way I was dragging. I was dragging, and he goes, "No, Dan can do back. twelve in what, like three? Yeah, I, I can still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. still do gold right now. Stuck yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So I was dragging. So we get back to the 
get back to the fob and they, and they said, hey, do you hear about what happened out at uh, Deraud, which was at Firebase Tykes? I said, no, they, they, something happened. They had a tick. I go, okay, what happened? And they say, yeah, they had, two, they had two KAA, another wound in action. They're coming in now. And I go, oh, man, I know everybody there, so it's going to be somebody I know. And sure enough, it was these two young cats, uh, Frackard and Fleischer. And so when you said ticks, troops and contact. Troops and contact, okay. yeah, sorry. Oh, so, good one. Yeah, good catch. Mm. So they came in. We had the ramp ceremony for them, and I knew who they were. There was a couple other guys back from me, you know, ooh, crying like a, a – like a little bitch. <laughs> and, um, I got you caught yourself in the air. Fuck it. <laughs> so he let it go. He stopped and then yeah. he went, yeah, I'm committed I'm to this point. Board. So, yeah. uh, the next day, I got, they, they didn't care. Once that happened, they didn't care if I could walk. They didn't care. If they was, You're out. You're, you're right back, right back yeah. in. And I spent the first, at least another six months kind of gimping around and whatever. It finally healed up and everything's good. But I, I spent a while kind of gimping around. I used to do, I couldn't run on the treadmill. I couldn't run. So I would do the elliptical machine. So it's funny that you, you brought that up about the uh, guys coming back at the time. Like you're still, you're still in theater. You're still yeah. in country. And so, some guys struggle with it. Some guys in. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and judge, but I, in theater, it didn't affect me too much. Tom's did because we, we had some downtime immediately yeah. after. Yeah. Um, but after I got out and you start getting those yeah. texts, those phone calls, it's like, you're that's that hits hard. The Lincolnwood thing is you're gonna, when we get into this, yeah, that's you guys, you two saw me struggle a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to leave in, in medic school because one of my team members got killed in, in Iraq, I'm sorry, in Afghanistan, and I had to go to his funeral. And uh, later on, as we would go, uh, one of the things that, I don't know if I actually got, I went out and sought mental help and I got, I went to some, did you? And, yeah. Yeah. I wound up going to a place called Boulder Crest retreat okay. and it was an when, inpatient. Can I ask a time frame? Oh, is this when you like met the football player out there? Yeah. 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 I okay. know this. Yeah. Yeah yeah, so, yeah. 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 So I went out and, and, and you said that they, they really helped you a lot, right? It did. Yeah, it did. I remember you and, telling me that. And I'll be honest with you, minus the alcohol, uh, it isn't much different than this. Yeah. It's, it, they have a lot of tricks and tools. Um, I learned transcendental sure. meditation. I learned, a, but a lot of it was this guys that have had similar experiences all sitting around and you own your shit. You, you, this is, you know, I, I, I didn't, you talk about with the things that you did and way more, way worse, way to a greater degree. Uh, and you, you have to own that, you know, and what are you, what are you proud of? And then. What are you most ashamed of? And it's moments like that when you, you know, you're owning your shit in front of, you know, seven other guys. And one of the guys goes, he goes, I hate you motherfuckers. You see me cry more than my mama. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's true. That's the and, best about having so many different people and so many different backgrounds is just like, yeah. anything. Anything's free. But then it's all the same. Yeah. And you know yeah, I mean? right. Like, it's so different, but the same. Yeah. It all ends up being the same at the end. It's just for you three here. You would recommend for somebody who's struggling because you struggled when you were at Lincolnwood, you wound up getting help. A recommendation from you guys would be like to go seek that help, go talk to somebody, find somebody who you can relate to. I, I, I want to be more specific. Yeah, than that. We, we, I want to yeah. talk. I'm looking at this unfold, but I want to. I want to really hit that part of it hard. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely talk to somebody that can not even necessarily relate, 
but can understand where you're coming from. Uh, Are we at that part yet? Where are we at now? Um, Close. Yeah, we're about there. Um, Damien, too. So, yeah, let's talk about Damien. Yeah, we'll okay. get, when we get to it, we'll get it. I want to hit that. On. We're right there. Uh, so we had Jimmy's raid where uh, I wanted to kill. Uh, well, <laughs> where I struggled with the the uh, third victim, the third whatever. I want to kill the kid. And uh, so th- that kind of sparked you kind of what seems like you going down. This is all years later yeah where i realized this right yeah. but but at, at the time this, but this just point in the timeline this is really like triggering some issues with you yeah so yeah. at the time like literally gunny said i asked what does a kid know he says everything i literally never thought about it again all right I'm like all right he wants the kid now whatever he wants intel it wasn't until literally 10 12 years later where i realized i i thought he he thought I meant letting him go. I'm like, that's not what I meant. But um, so I asked for that break. So yeah, that, Frank that, got, that's Frank where got, we're at right now. Is Kenny comes back in the room, throws his stuff down. I said, Frank's going home. I'm like, motherfucker. Uh, he got shot in the leg again, but this time directly, and he broke his leg real bad. He was going home. There wasn't any crutches limping anymore. Like. We're walking like away last from time where we were yeah. walking through foolish just me and him right and uh so I, I felt like shit I'm sitting there with a fucking belly ache you know to take right. Mike's my buddy Mike's term and uh Frank had shot in the leg I'm like, god damn it um so I'm like I'm not doing that again mm-hmm. not not going out on the raid and uh next yeah, raid if you're comes, here you're here yeah I mean, there's a gap between all this stuff, but sure. the next raid, um, I talked to the skipper. I'm like, I can't do that again. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. He's like, how about you drive? Which I fucking hated driving. I didn't even have a driver's license until I was in the Marine Corps. First time I drove for more than five minutes was from Camp Al-Assad to Camp Fallujah on night vision goggles. No joke. <laughs> no joke. Remember the... Uh, do you want the breath? Uh, right. Yeah, right. breathalyzer yeah. test. The, the, the yeah. mom administered breathalyzer. So, uh, like, all right, I'll drive. Which mom sucks because it's even more dangerous than going in the house most of the time. I mean, I don't know what I was yeah. thinking. Uh, so I was sitting there. I remember I was sitting in the driver's seat. I'm like, fuck this. I get out. I open the door, and I'm just kind of at least holding security with my rifle. Mm-hmm. Listen to Frisky talk to the pilots and check the rooftops like I talked about earlier. House and I, I hear contact in the house. Motherfucker. And uh, I don't know, I can't tell you what happened because I wasn't in there. But uh, what I was told was Damien came, came down the hallway and I saw a guy standing with an AK and he took him out. Fine, nothing wrong with that. It's what we're supposed to do. But the fact I'm like, we had another one. And I wasn't in there. It fucking right. killed me. It's fucking like, you think my stomach hurt before? Now I'm like, I'm being fucking torn apart inside. Who's Damien? Damien was another guy from my platoon. And, uh, you nope. go back with him or? Young guy, old guy? Yeah. Uh, he was a younger guy. Like about, came on, uh, replacement guy? No, not a no. replacement guy, okay. original guy. Okay. Um, and I, Damien killed, hit, hit, shot the guy. Dan, nobody got hurt on our side. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But it still it fucked me up that I was like, I wasn't in there for it. Like, what if it didn't, you know? Yeah. So afterwards, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this again. This is way worse than being miserable going in. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So I went up to him, my skipper. I'm like, not again. He's like, okay, no problem. Uh, not skipper, Gunny at the time. Um, I got, I'm, I want to go in. Mm. And uh, that was that was the last raid we did. Mm. So she get back. So you didn't have to go. There was no re- opportunity for you. Nope. That was it. That was it. Nice. You get back. That's just straight water. No, it's melted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, uh, fucking high road him. Come out. What the fuck? The, uh, so so you get back. Watch. So I I had a real art. I'm not even back yet. Uh, no, I mean from the right. Yeah. I told him I wanted, I mean, I, I definitely wanted it back in. Yeah. But we, we didn't have an opportunity to. Yeah. I felt, fuck, this kills me. I felt like after all that, all those stories, and it's only, fuck, it's probably about half of them. Uh, I, I felt like I went out with a whimper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One of the, the, Big pieces of wisdom that I got from uh, going out to that that place and meeting the, the the football player Oren. He said, "Football in the NFL is a lot like the military; it never ends the way you think it's gonna." <laughs> and that's the truth. It, and and I yeah. really took that to heart. That that he was he was uh, the rookie of the year in fourteen, and then first game of the the next year he he like completely screws up his foot or his knee or his ankle. I can't remember what it was, and he's out. And he tried to, you know, come back and tried to go a couple more years, but never really, you know, he was a guy with all that great potential right. and just never finished it. And from what I've, from what I've talked to, and I know a lot of guys that are in similar situations that, that to me is one of the big, and I hate to say the word killers, but that's one of the big killers yeah. Yeah. of guys yeah. that think that they didn't leave it all on the, like you talk about fighting, right? If you go in a fight, you go in the ring and you don't leave it all in the ring. You think, man, I could, I had a little. Like, if I just would have, you know, stepped it up the last, whatever, whatever it was. Sure. That's a killer. That's the the big yeah. killer yeah. guys. Well, and, and then, I was gonna say, like, that's the nonsense of like our own egomaniacal story. Is that like I'm gonna go out like Rocky? I'm gonna go out like like Arnold did in, in Predator. Like you're thinking that like this is the last hurrah. Where like reality is like you you give it all. You can't like. Like was like he's, you're putting this time operating a hundred ten percent, and and you're coming up towards the end, and you're coming up towards the end of of your operating efficiency, you know, and like, yeah, mentally, yeah. physically, you're 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 breaking down, you know, like you're shutting it down, and like, but, but like you said, Danny, like you, you're going out, you like you want to go out, like like Apollo Creed did. And like it's just it's that's not what reality is. I want to throw the last touchdown in the Super Bowl, spike <laughs> it, and then right. be done. And you're done. Every and you walk off like regular right. like every yes. single yeah. time. And yeah. nobody gets that. You want to be carried off the field like Rudy. Yeah. yeah. And nobody <laughs> gets that. Do you remember uh that movie was it Colors? When Great uh, movie. Oh you can't say that. Yeah. Uh when the guy uh the, the game bangers, the guy goes down shooting. And uh, the guy's like, "Holy fuck, that's like the best way to go out." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like that. You would almost rather go down fighting, yeah, yeah. than to have it just fucking. Stop. Well, I've I've struggled with that. Like me too, bro. Well, I use Tom and Dave more so than anybody else. It's just because I was probably the closest with those two. 
but I can insert any any name, any of your friends' names into this. Yeah. Um, like I've thought, like, are they better off? You know, yeah. and I've never. Don't get me wrong. I never. Str- I I personally have never struggled with the suicide thing. It's never been an option. Um, but at the same point, but then I'm, then it's just another asshole sitting here doing a fucking podcast talking about me. Then I, it makes no, it makes no, it changes nothing. Right. And that's where it, I guess it's a good time to segue into into handling this stuff. Like it's okay to be upset about this stuff, but I I found, and it wasn't it, honestly it wasn't until a couple of years ago when my grandmother died. It's completely fucking random. Uh, when I was talking to my mom and she was super upset. And and what I apparently what I said to her really comforted her. It, until it wasn't then until I realized like I just appreciated being in the significant moment, being a part of it. I'm not going to sit here and talk about what Dave would have become or what Tom would have become. It's, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Well, what am I accomplishing being here? I'm doing them a disservice. Right. I can enjoy what I had with them. Sure, absolutely. But I'm I'm just honored to be a part of any story whatsoever that concerns them, and I found peace into that, and it makes sense to me. And I hope that helps other people that are struggling. I mean, it may I it makes sense in my head, um, but I'm not going to sit here and waste time thinking about something that's not possible. It's not going to happen. Are you at peace with the way you left? I don't know if I'll ever be at peace with the way I left. But let's say that you went and inside on fall. that final raid. Nothing and you were went in wrong. Right. right. But, on that raid. That's but the would you part. feel better yeah. if you were inside and that, for your final raid? And that, of all the times I've, I've, I've pride myself in not being self-preservation, that is self-preservation. Yeah. At what would have been different? Right. Well, yeah. and here's the thing. Here's well, the that, fucked that, up That's thing. what I was going to get to is no, right. nothing. whether you were... Standing I just there had, the never had appointment. I just never had an opportunity to yeah. say fuck it. And, it and, didn't yeah. end the way you wanted it to end. Yeah. And and here's the money like motor thing. Life. Like who's <laughs> who's to say that things ends up end up as good as they did if you were there? Like, right. what if things would have went maybe worse? Maybe I went left when Damien would have went right. Yeah, who, maybe, who maybe knows? Yeah, you could what if it got worse. Yeah. So the outcome being positive is definitely a good situation. It's just me being cynical. It's just well, I mean, look where you are now. And the, things worked out. Things work out for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that. And I'm not. Well, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and we could talk about, like. Well, it is, the things yeah. I struggle with now. Let's talk about Dave. Grass and open area. Dave gets shot in the head. I don't. Dave gets a purple heart. I get a purple heart. Moving on. How the fuck is that right? You can't you can't justify it. It is what it is. But you're only seeing it from a pr- your, your ridiculously cynical point of view. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I, I, and I, I, I've been able to move on since then. I'm not stuck in plus, this. Plus, yeah. I think a lot of people think of like, and honestly, Brian, like me, I think me and you would come from the same cloth when it comes to like how fucking cynical motherfuckers we are. But like. You're thinking of a of the perspective, which which I think the same way of like, man, if Dave knew he got a purple heart, like Dave doesn't give a fine no, fuck. No, like, no, he like, probably laugh Dave, at me. I was gonna say Dave was the kind of guy going yeah. back where he'd be like, I don't, I don't give a fuck no. what kind of metal I got, like, no, you no. know. But like, but it's hard not to think that way from from where we're at. 
you get your final raid. You take us past that. Like, where does your military career go from there? How so, like how did you know that that would, so? The last was your thing, was your contract up at that point? No, not yet. I had a few more months left. Um, but they were just rotating. We finished you guys the raid. Out. We we ended probably with a solid two weeks to a month of not doing much, if anything. Um, and uh, <laughs> quick funny story: I never worked out on deployment. Was my thing. I'm not a workout guy. <laughs> and uh, what's so what's so just funny? A, you're just a natural. What's style. so funny? Yeah, just, <laughs> and, uh, what is, it wasn't my thing. Some guys did. I'm like, I don't what know. What do stairs go to up there? <laughs> a gym? We have a gym. What's a guy? Dude, if um, I don't work out for like a God. day, I'm a piece of shit. The, uh, <laughs> I just wasn't my wasn't my thing. I didn't enjoy it. I at the beginning of the deployment, I figured out why would I waste my energy here when I could use it tonight at the rate. But whatever. Uh so it wasn't until one of the last few days, I'm like, I'll go for a run. I fucking hate running. Never enjoyed it in my entire life. I go for a run. As I'm running, I hear, this is out of Camp Fallujah. I hear, doom, 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 doom. Like, motherfucker. They're launching rockets or mortars at us. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running down the main road in Camp Fallujah, and I hear, <laughs> just going off. I mean, it's not even close. It's like two, 300 yards away from me. But I come running to the tent, and everyone's dying laughing. Like, you haven't worked out once. What? <laughs> the first time you do it. This is why I don't up. run. <laughs> That's right why here. I don't run. <laughs> right. And to this day, that was your fastest time ever, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. it just, I used to just piss in the uh, water bottles, the giant 40, what were they, like 40, well, a liter, yeah, 40 right, pounds, right, whatever. Guys. I would just piss in those in my room and then throw them out in the morning. <laughs> we had the porta potties like kind of right outside of our building, hospital, whatever. So I, I decide like in the middle of the night, like, okay, I'm gonna go take a piss in this porta potty, whatever. So I go out there and I take a piss, and as I come out, same thing, they're dropping mortars. <laughs> it's on the other side of the camp, whatever, but it was like boom, 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 boom. I sprint back into the building, and the same thing, the people in there were like, why are you sweating, you fucking pussy? <laughs> they were nowhere near I, you. That was my I, fourth squad. I always, I always sweat when I pee. That's my thing. All right, so we're going to take a quick minute, um, eat some pizza. Dan's going to talk about how much he loves pot when we get back. Okay, welcome back. I know we were talking a lot about mental health throughout this podcast, and I know, Dan, you had uh, Something you wanted to uh, elaborate on, and I know that this is something that's important to you, so we wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to, first of all, tell everybody, if you're out there struggling, um, you're not alone. You're not the only one dealing with these issues. You're not the only one that feels this way, and it's okay. It's okay to, to have these issues. It's okay to struggle and to reach out to somebody. Um, and I'm, I wanted to not just say reach out to somebody. I have, a, I have a, a place particularly in mind. It's called Warrior's Heart. It's in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, they have a one eight. They have a eight 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 number. It's one eight 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 four four zero seven one zero seven. Twenty four hours a day, someone will pick up that phone. And give, they that, do, give that number out one more time. It's eight 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 four four zero seven one zero seven. Okay, and that's Warrior's Heart. Correct. Warrior's Heart. It's in San Antonio, Texas. And they are a uh, substance abuse and PTSD uh, 
treatment facility and they do on-site uh, uh, substance abuse. Uh, it's an inpatient. You can do uh, counseling and then it can transition right into uh, the PTSD or traumatic brain injury and, and counseling services. And it, it, this is a long-term place. This isn't going to be a, a quick fix. It's not a, a two-hour, two-day thing. Um, it takes a while to, it took a while to get this and it took take a while to get past it. But these guys are the, the best in the business at, uh, doing the real deal healing recovery that vets, firefighters, police officers, EMS need. And it's open to all of those, all of those. So this isn't just a military thing. This no. is for first responders, military. Yes. Well, how do you know these guys, Danny? Uh, I know them, I know them personally, uh, that they, uh, have helped, helped a lot of guys that I'm friends with and know, uh, help me personally. Uh, they're phenomenal about if, if you're, if you're in your darkest hour, you're in jail, if they caught you naked with a gun in your mouth, whatever it is, this is a place where you, you can call them up and they'll bring you in and they'll get you cleaned up sober and then move on with your treatment. It's all run and, and, um, staffed and facility by veterans it's by veterans for veterans it's there's only us Dan, do you think that with all of the covid stuff I, I i haven't felt as much of an effect of like how horrible it's been working in a hospital or being on an ambulance do you think they would be able to help those type of people like if you're in california which is really like struggling first responder right now aspect yeah, more first than responder, the nurse pa doctor you think they would be able to help those types of people too uh Again, specifically that I, what I'm f f uh, familiar with is military, police, fire. Uh, I think that certainly deserves that type of treatment with doctors. Sure. Uh, and this is something they could, they could look into. And if they, don't, if they don't specifically do that for you, I think that they could uh, get they'll, you to the right place. I was just they saying, they'll find you the, right me the help you Yeah, need. they'll get you the help you need. Awesome. Just because these are such strange times Absolutely. and we yeah. are all... It's a great question. We're all dealing across the country with something that is pretty unprecedented. You know what I mean? So like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people very soon. that are going to need a lot of help, you know? Okay. Uh, so that number again, 888-440-7107. If you're struggling, you need some help. Warrior heart. Yeah. Please check them out. Do you guys have, what's the website, Danny? Warriorsheart.com. Warriorsheart.com. All right, well, well, Brian, does that kind of transition into where we are with you right now? Because you're finishing up in Iraq right now, and you're looking for another mission at this point, right? At this point, uh, we're uh, finishing up with the deployment, and we're getting ready to, to return back to the States. Um, the strange thing about this deployment was that, uh, unlike the last one with the grunts, it took us a month. We went by ship. And we floated back. So it was a lot of uh, like egress time, I guess. <laughs> Decompressing time. We, we worked out a lot every day, you know, I put two and took pride in how much we worked out. Uh, this time Except it was you. like 12. Yeah. No, at, the time, <laughs> at that time I did. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, he this time it far. was like we're in Iraq. 18 hours later, we're in, we're in North Carolina. It was kind of a culture shock. Wow. Yeah. And my, my mom's there. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Like, what? <laughs> wait a minute. I just We just got martyred about 24 hours ago. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? I can uh, see So home. there's definitely a, an adjustment there. But it, what was kind of cool about the second one, so the first time was the beginning of the war. 
uh, we were the first like group back because we were at the beginning push of the war. So there was like we came back, we floated in. There was a parade, people lining the streets, balloons, cannons with confetti, all everything. Yeah. It was a big show. This time it was second force recon. We flew in quietly. We got in the bus and we drove back to the company compound. It was there was nothing. It was there was absolutely yeah. nothing. It's actually kind of nicer that way, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, kind of a surreal moment, but it was it was no decompressing time. So it took a it took a, a strange kind of effect on everybody, I guess. Um, after that, I gotta imagine. I gotta imagine there were guys that were expecting more coming back. I, you know what? I never were... I I've never had that conversation. I imagine that's definitely a case. Like, right. did somebody not show up? Somebody, you know, who knows? I, right. I, I and knows. for you guys, I mean, it definitely sounds like it was a relief right now. Did you have any sort of like uh, I don't know what's the word reindoctrination? I guess like no. We, okay, we had like th- uh, three weeks of doctors checking us and talking to a therapist and like getting really? all your well. Nobody ever said anything out. though. It was like, how do you feel? I feel fine. Oh, okay, good. And then they check the box and you're done. No shit. Yeah. No, not that I can remember. No. You didn't have any of that though. Okay. Wow. Uh, just coming home and just. Hey, you're unfucked, right? Like, oh, yeah, okay. basically, like it was mostly like paste up paperwork. Yeah, that was when I know. got out of the Marine Corps. It was like that. Yeah, uh, for I'm me not, too. I'm not crazy, you know. Just sign your sign this check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We check had three weeks of opportunity home. of like, yeah. do you have any aches and pains? Do you feel crazy? Do you want to kill yourself? No. And somebody just checks a box, and you're yeah, fucking done. A bunch but, of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're coming home. I don't remember how. I honestly. I, I'd be completely guessing right now if I remember how the timeline went. Uh, I'm sure I had some leave at home. Uh, kind of a crazy time. I, I didn't. It sounds so extreme. But preparing to go there and being home were two completely different mindsets. Going there, I literally thought that was it. I said my goodbyes. Like I, I know it sounds extreme, but it's kind of and cheesy, but it is what it is. Coming back, it was kind of it was very anticlimactic. It was kind of just like, well, that didn't happen. Now what? You know, the first time it was like, okay, well now I want revenge. Well, this time I I learned other stuff where I'm like, I don't want anything anymore. I want to be left the fuck alone. Right. This this is my five year plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever. I couldn't even tell you what I did on my home leave. Um, came back in. We had a few months of getting out. And uh, the platoon started their buildup. They did that second Marine Special Operations Battalion thing. I remember they went to Yuma, Arizona for some training, and I stayed back. Uh, I had a month by myself in the barracks. Uh, literally, I had no one to report to. I didn't have to go to the company office because my platoon was in Arizona. I'm like, I don't want to get it, go home. I couldn't get in trouble, so I just literally did nothing for a month. I, I sat on the computer. You were short by this time. Like, yeah, I was getting out. Now. Okay. I was getting out. Well, it was there was the. Uh, it was hanging over our shoulders, like, hey, do you want to really listen? I, I never said no officially yet. Um, so just kind of leaving it alone kind of thing. I didn't want to deal with it. And uh, all I did was just drink and gamble. Yep. At the time, online poker was really big. I, I think I had about 16 grand in the bank from the from the deployment because you're getting paid while you're deployed and you're not spending it. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know at one point I was down about ten grand, and another time I was even. Like I won ten grand back. I'm like, I better stop this. Like it's, a, I remember I was like five or six seats out of a world seat of the World Series of Poker. Like I was, <laughs> I was going crazy with this stuff. I wasn't. 
I just it was smoking and drinking. I had nothing else to do. I didn't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that. a car. It's just what I was doing, you know? And it was kind of funny because once Al, who was running the platoon, was like, why don't you just tell me I would have just sent you home to Chicago for the month? Like, what? <laughs> it might have been a little bit more Cool. Fun. Fuck me, man. Thanks for coming <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> me know now. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting out. Uh, the last couple days, kind of a cool story. My my at the time, my my two closest buddies, Chris and Mike, from you know Chris since kindergarten, Mike since like third grade, fourth grade from Cub Scouts, um, came up on a road trip to pick me up all the oh, way shit. out to the Force Recon Barracks, it was kind yeah. of in its own little area, you know. And uh, we had a couple nights of just like some solid barbecuing and drinking. And my going away present was they took my rifle that I owned. And it was a, a heavy barrel, uh, three hundred eight rifle, mm. and they took it and they put a Marine Corps McMillan stock, sniper stock on it, oh, and uh, glasses stock, like really dialed this thing up, like yeah, high end stuff. And I had the a uh, really expensive Marine Corps sniper rifle, Unertal, ten power scope, like it actually like USMC serial oh, number, yeah. everything. It was like legit. So I'm, I was basically building a Marine Corps sniper rifle. Uh, my going away present was a barbecue and a free for all at Hathcock Range. Uh, I might get in trouble for this, but um, the uh, sniper school range in the Marine Corps. It's like the nicest range in the Marine Corps. Carlos Hathcock. Carlos Hathcock. Hathcock Range. Uh, so we barbecued there. We had every weapon we had access to from any armory. Huh. We just told the guy, we're like, yeah, hey, we're with Second Force Recon. We're going to do some training. We're in like. <laughs> So hoodies and jeans and barbecue and drinking beer. By the end of it, we're sitting in the back of pickup trucks, firing automatic M4s, <laughs> like the the most pristine party. range in yeah. the Marine Corps. Uh, that was my big going away party. That was pretty special. I, I have a picture uh, with me and Frank uh, shooting the uh, my my rifle that they just gave back to me. We hit a target at a thousand yards. That was like the furthest range they had at the uh, at the furthest target they had at the range. And that's the last time I fired it. I have, I, have, I don't want to put it away. That's let's, it. Let's mess around with the other stuff. Uh, I got out. Um, next morning, we're getting ready to get out. L- literally, the the mini U-Haul trailers full. We're literally leaving the Marine Corps right now. Yeah. And my buddy Shep has uh, uh, the duty, the second force recon barracks, which is brutal because nobody gives a shit. Like liter- literally, like guys start fires and like what do you? You literally have no control whatsoever. Yeah. Huh. Uh, not that Shep would want control. He's probably starting it. But uh, yeah. uh, he's standing there, and he looks at me. He's like, he just re-enlisted for four more years. He was just behind me in the enlistment cycle. He, yeah. He's like, I'm really starting to regret my decision. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like, well, see you later. <laughs> yeah. So I leave. Um, I go home. We do the road trip home. Uh, it wasn't until about four or five months later I get a call from Shep. I'll never forget this. Every time I talk to him, I always say, like, I can't believe you're still alive. He'd be like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he calls me. And he's like, hey, what's up? Like, what are you doing? And there's nothing. I'm home. I'm like, I thought you were deploying. He's like, I did. I'm like, are you, are you okay? Did you get hurt? Like, what are you doing back? He's like, no, I got kicked out. I'm like, I'm like kicked out of what? I'm like, are you kicked out of the Marine Corps? He's like, no, no, I didn't kicked out of the Marine Corps. I got kicked out of Iraq. I'm like, how do you get kicked out of Iraq? <laughs> he goes, Waz, they said I was too aggressive. I'd never been more proud of myself in my entire life. <laughs> I'll never forget that Too conversation. For that's it. I mean, that's a medal for sure. <laughs> How do you do that? Is that a thing? Um, 
So my my whole plan, and this sounds kind of silly, uh, I wa- my plan was not to get a job out of the Marine Corps uh, right away. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to relax. I'd been through quite a bit. <laughs> I, I feel like that's understandable. I mean, yeah, you um, you're deserved a vacation at this point. So I was, my mom had sold the house at home. She was living downtown. So I ended up staying by my buddy Mike's, the same guy that I was in the garage, joined the Marine Corps. And uh, it got to a point where, I mean, I was drinking. I wasn't doing anything crazy. It was excess, but it's what I planned. It was never not part of the plan. Well, through, like, roundabout meeting people, friends of family, real random stuff, I said, go meet these guys. They knew I wanted to be a Chicago fireman. Go meet these guys. It's a shift full of Marines. Go check them out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that plays Marine. I did that when I was a kid. Sure. Going to see 117. I'm not going to do that. I'm a grown man now. I'm not going to do right. that. Guys are on the job. Like, no, these guys are all Marines. They're yeah. Whatever. All right, I go. It was at uh, Engine 91, Squad 2. Captain Pat Maloney was a Marine. Almost the entire shift was all Marines. Uh, he just retired. Just literally a yeah. few days ago. On Marine Corps birthday. Yes. Yeah. That's right. November 10th. Because we had the, the Nielsen's uh, in there. They had just come back from yeah. his retirement. The uh, great guy. They so I went to go visit them. The weird thing was I uh, was debating whether or not to tell the story, but it's too funny not to tell. I was out at a wedding the night before, so I was out to about four o'clock in the morning, and I went home and I slept for about a half an hour. <laughs> I woke up and I shaved and I go to drive to the firehouse. Shit, shower, shave. Bad idea. Um, okay. I actually got pulled over going to the firehouse. I still had a North Carolina driver's license. So the cop let me go thinking, oh, you're not from around here. You know, you should know better, blah, blah, blah. I get to the firehouse. I feel like I'm holding my own. Like, I'm not, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. I didn't even realize it yet. I thought I was hungover, but I'm, I'm drunk. I'm that asshole, you know. And uh, guys are guys are great. Showing me around, you know, we're trading stories, laughing and everything. They put me up in the snorkel and starts bouncing around. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm going to be sick. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I'm able to hold on to it. We get down. I'm like, yeah, where's the bathroom? They tell me, I'm like, all right. Take some couple corners. I go right out the front door, and I start throwing up. Well, they catch me. I'm throwing up. Captain Pat Maloney calls me into his office. This is all, like, over a spread of time. And uh, the way I describe this, and I always get a kid of it, is, uh, and I've talked about this, is the conversation I feel like I didn't need to have. He uh, gave me a little kick in the ass. And this is a guy, I, I'd never met this guy before, didn't know my family, it's just uh, a Marine helping a Marine. So uh, he basically was ma- making sure I was okay. You know, it wasn't wasn't too hard on me. Basically just kind of, like I said, gave me, gave me the kick in the ass I feel like I didn't need. Well, two days later, I had a job. <laughs> so uh, I, al- I always uh, appreciated that. And uh, it's kind of sent me on the spiral. Like, I knew I already wanted to be a Chicago fireman, but uh, it kind of showed me that there was still that, that brotherhood. Like, it, it kind of carried, carried over. Yeah. Like, that guy is giving a shit, you know. So I, uh, I got a job literally two days later. I was delivering beer. Not the best segue, but <laughs> 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 did that for a couple months before I did the EMT thing. Uh, met my wife in EMT school. Uh, literally, like boom, boom, boom. Within a year, met a school, and like shit started coming together for my life. Like I literally, that conversation 
kind of put me in the right direction. I I don't think I would have struggled without it, but it definitely helped. Didn't yeah, it didn't hurt. So I always like, I'll never forget talk that. about what Maloney said to you. Or? It wasn't even anything significant. Just basically, you know, I, I'm here if you need anything. Like the generic stuff. There wasn't yeah. anything crazy. It was just, I don't know, maybe it was just hearing somebody else say, and somebody else I looked up to, like the captain of a fire company in Chicago. I want to be a fireman. This guy, he's right. a Marine. He's a he's captain. There. You know, I'm, buy, I'm buying it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm buying what he's selling, you know. He's there. It, it, uh, when you were at the chow hall with your buddy and that Sergeant Major comes up and you're not going to... At, you know, he offered his help, but you're not going to take it. Right. You know what I mean? But that type of stuff is. <coughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it makes a gigantic impression. Yeah. yeah. I'm so stubborn where even if I know I need it, I won't take it. Yeah. But I understand the significance of you asking it and I'll fix right. it myself yeah. kind of thing. You know what Probably I mean? Probably everybody at this table is the same way. A- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, since you brought up, I, I didn't know that Pat Maloney had that. I've been friends with him since. Yeah. Well, so you came down to the academy. And we had known each other before you came down. And it was my first, uh, Brian's class was my first class as an instructor. And, and th- this was like one of those things that just happened. Never thought about it twice until you brought up this story about Pat. But it was like, I don't know, my first or second day in the academy. I don't even know where shit is in the instructor's room or anything like that. And he comes, he comes in. I think he, he was a chief at that time. I think so, yeah. And he comes no, in. No, it definitely was, yeah. It, he comes in and uh, he goes, uh, he looks at me and I'm the only one there. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, you know? And, he's got a command presence. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's he's not like a giant guy. He's, <laughs> he's you know, and he goes to me and he like pretty much basically takes his finger and he's like poking my chest, okay? <laughs> and he goes to me, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And he goes, hey, uh, you know that Brian Wazdicki guy? I'm like, Yes, sir, I, I do. I actually do know him. He goes, take care of that kid. He got shot three times, and he just walks away. <laughs> he just walks away, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what is going on here? You know? Alfredo and I have a pretty funny uh, Pat Maloney story. Oh, God, I got to so hear this. We were partners on the ambulance, and, and when we were looking at houses, my wife and I, we, we looked at a couple houses, and Fredo came out and looked at a house with us. When Pat was the ins- when Pat was the inspector, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. So our realtor was one of my wife's friends. Her name is Cora. She's a sweet girl. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she was pretty hot and uh, wanted nothing to do with me, which really crushed which, me. <laughs> which was she not was, for lack like of trying. Crushing. Yeah. yeah. She was that hot that yeah. she wanted nothing to do with you. Yeah, and <laughs> I was still in shape, and I was like uh, kind of a stud, and ago. she still didn't want anything to do with me, crushing. which is very crushing. crushing it's incredible. For my, yeah, I can't, I can't believe it. To be, I couldn't either. <laughs> so, so Pat was our inspector inspecting the house. So we put a bid on in the house. I accepted our bid, and we we had an inspector come out, and, he, and it was Pat, and he was telling us everything. And this looks like a good house, and he was really thorough and really good. And then we were done. He goes, he was giving us this little speech. He, and he said, all right. He goes, I, I think you got a good house. You got a good realtor here. He goes, and he goes, just like remember. has been shot in the ass three times. He goes, just <laughs> remember, it doesn't stop here. And Corey goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't stop here. He says that to everybody. 
<laughs> and killed his whole life. She was like ready to give us this heartfelt speech. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't stop here. He just, just says that to everybody. Just <laughs> jagging him off. Jagging this guy off. I can home. tell by looking at his face that he, never, he doesn't get that in his real life too much. Right. Right. Some blonde going, yeah. Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Let's forward, just move this along. Fast forward 100 years. Uh, I feel like he'd be okay with me saying this. Uh, we'd been, been in contact. We're still in contact. I talked to him not too long ago. Uh, small, crazy, small world stuff. Me and another guy actually did a little bit of training with his son. His son is now uh, a radio guy with 2nd Raider Battalion. How crazy uh, is that? Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how how proud he must be, you know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so so that definitely gave me the the kick in the ass I didn't need. Is what I like to I like to I like to describe it. But uh, so I'll never never forget that. In oh, and the, the big thing is I I the the big joke, and I'll throw it out there because other people know it is I I threw up on the captain's uh, wife's roses, the captain's <laughs> wife's rose bush. So you ever hear about me throwing up on the captain's squad two's wife's roses? That's what that's what they're talking about. <laughs> It was just the, the ride-along yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we started this podcast, you were going to school, and had you started EMT school bef- before you before 9-11? Yes. Okay, so when you – now you, it's come full circle, and you're going back to EMT yes. school. Yeah, so I'm back in EMT can, school. Did they let you pick, off, pick up where you left off? Oh, no. So you had to start back. Yeah. yeah. You weren't too far deep into that. Where did you go? You. Went to Wright College. Wright College? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell you where I was when I left. Or, yeah. yeah. So you just you 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 signed just up did, again. Basically, did it again. Yeah. And see, you you know, we're talking about where you disagreed with me about how things happen for a reason. You met your wife. You really gonna make me record this? Yeah. And say no? yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Very, very good point. Very good point. I could make that point for hours and hours of this podcast. Um, oh boy, you don't have your spectacles on, huh? Here. How about your buddies? Which ones is Here, take that. I don't know what. The- Them's is the last two. Yeah, we'll get that. Okay. okay. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys go to medic school together too? We did. Really, man, uh, you guys spent a lot of time together. Wait, <laughs> no. Uh, we did. We met in EMT school, um, and then uh, we worked for uh, just under a year. She was at Advanced Ambulance. I was at Berwyn, and she actually got sponsored through Advance, and I got sponsored through Lincolnwood. But we were already dating at the time. To uh, St. Francis. Uh, it just worked out. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, you guys put your name on the city list together? Yeah, yeah. She was, like, number 68 or something like that, and I was number 100 on the list. Who was a better student? Is that a serious question? <laughs> I Clearly, I was better. <laughs> is, it, is it random for you guys when you yeah. put your name? Okay. Yeah. Got it. She may have helped me through medic school. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, honestly, the whole entire thing is pure coincidence, and it's crazy. So, Who's a better medic? Hmm? Who's a better medic? Oh, her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's mostly because of lack of trying. Ask me who's a better fireman. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. When we were going through the academy, anytime she did something better, they'd give me a hard time. Uh, you know, but if I did something better, I'd raise my hand. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? Who am I? Yeah, what the fuck? No, she's she's legit. She's she's really good at it. Yeah, we kind of got ahead of ourselves before you went to the city. Uh, you were at Lincolnwood. Yeah, so I did a uh, literally one day less than a is, year. I, 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 I a con- is that a contract? It is a contract. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Paramedic Services of Illinois. Right. It's, uh, so it so, is again. Yeah, but yeah. 
kind of backing up, like any any anything significant through EMT, anything significant through paramedic, anything so prior much. to that? Honestly, that was just me, my relationship with my wife growing. Sure. Honestly, that's really all that was going on. Okay. Um, when I got to Lincolnwood, uh, I was there for a while, uh, so about seven years, I think it was. Um, that's a stretch. My, yeah. My biggest thing with Lincolnwood is I, I really struggled with the fact that it was a private company. I, I and I, I still, I still do. It, it's, it's crazy to think. I'm a believer in missions. I come from the Marine Corps. If there's a mission, you accomplish it. But what's the mission of a fire department? You know, fire protection, fire prevention, EMS, right? Whatever the hell you want to come up with some catchy phrase or whatever, that's fine. But when you're a private company, what's your goal? You profit. You have to make a profit or you have to provide a service. And I, I understand you absolutely can provide both. But when you're not giving 100% to one. Are you take away from the other? Right. It, it's a conflict of interest. I'm not saying PSI's goal isn't to help the residents of Lincoln. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they can't give 100%. This is just my opinion. And I struggled with that big time. I never talked about it, but I absolutely struggled with that. How did you go from Berwyn to Lincoln? Did you put Berwyn, in for it? Berwyn or? was a PSI contract. Right. So I, uh, just through having some friends and interviewing, uh, they took me and sponsored me for the fire academy at okay. Darien. Okay. So yeah. I went to the fire academy at Darien. And once I got the firefighter too, they just transferred then me. Then you to went Lincoln. to a fire contract. Yeah. Instead Damn. of just the EMS contract in Berwyn. Dan, how did you get to Lincoln? Because you got me a job at Lincolnwood. So how did you end up there? Uh, a friend of mine, Matt Bloomquist, and when they called and asked uh, if I, if I had a job, you know, if I wanted a job, yeah. and I said, "I get, can I bring a plus one?" <laughs> no shit. Oh, yeah. you? No shit. Yeah, I got you're a, a fucking friend. sweetheart. Yes. Suckhole. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's. And I was planning on just continuing. Um, to be like a nurse and then to go on to nurse practitioner yeah, or PA right. or whatever. And Dan comes to me and he's like, hey, I got this job, fireman, this and that. You know, it pays pretty good. Well, at the time, it paid pretty yeah. good. Um, they'll send you to fire academy. Blah, blah, and I was like, yeah, it sounds fucking great. So, yeah, Dan really hooked me up and, and set that, me on that path that I'm on right now. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say, that really probably helped you out getting the job over PG, right? Oh, I sure. would not have gone to fire. I don't know how I would have gone to fire academy if it hadn't been for them. Yeah, you know, because they sponsored the two of us, and we went. And Dan got I into never a heard fight. That. I know and... you guys came there. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I was already there. I don't know how long, but not not too long. I don't. I, remember. I actually just sent out the picture again of like it's Steve wearing your helmet in your apartment because you had just gotten your gear at our. Whatever, like we were. We, we said were soirees at my, at my condo. Yeah, you know, but like it was like <laughs> steaks. Yeah, yeah. steaks just, and beer. Yeah, well, yeah. no steaks and gentlemen's jack. That's right. I might know how to barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he does. The gentleman does. <laughs> he does. The gentleman does. And that's where you ran into these fellows, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Dan were on the same shift, and Fredo was on third shift. You know, here we are now. I gotta kind of say things happen are still happening for a reason. You still, you still believe that? I'm st I'm, I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> so how how many years were you there, Brian? I was there for seven years. Seven years. Seven, seven years. Okay. What about Keating. Hmm. Keating. Oh, the Keating fire. So. 
This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Rescue One CBD Oil. Uh, Rescue One was kind enough to send out some uh, CBD when they knew that uh, you guys uh, were going to have a second appearance here on the show. And they um, sent out their uh, the regular Rescue One CBD oil that's 0.000% of THC. And you can get that uh, when you go to rescueonecbd.com. And uh, if you enter the promo code BRAVEST, you'll get 25% off all the products. So I know, Dan, that you're a big proponent of CBD oil. Like, what's your take on CBD? I, I love it. Uh, it's worked wonders for me. I have a lot of aches and pains and, and uh, little bumps and bruises from over the years. I, do, I use it like a pre-workout for muscles. I go on a run with it, and, it and, and then I do it at night. I do the droplets. And it helps me sleep. I have great dreams. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the CBD. Yeah, and I've been using it uh, ever since uh, Rescue One sent us out some. And we were talking off the air before we got on the microphone that we've actually, with this podcast, we've so many people have come out. They've been looking for a product like this, but with the detectable amounts of THC that they were afraid to actually reach out and get the benefits of CBD oil. So. When you have a CBD oil like Rescue One, which has 0.00% THC, now people can actually get the benefits of CBD. And for me, the sleep benefits has really been a game changer for me. The waking up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, if I turn in the middle of the night, I'm up and that's just terrible. And like we were saying before the break, if I didn't believe in this product and it didn't work for me, you know, talking about it right now, because... If somebody wanted us to promote a cheap-ass Halligan bar or something like that and they couldn't get into a door, you know, who are they going to talk to? They're going to get a hold of me and they're going to tell me, hey, why are you telling me to buy this shit-ass product? But this product is actually really good. I stand behind it. And, you know, they were kind enough to send some out for all the guests here today. And, uh, again, rescue1cbd.com. Uh, it's the number one, and enter Bravest for 25% off. Oh, getting fired. So, hang on, let's take a step back, because I'd like to think that we were there in somewhat of a golden age of that organization. When I, when, when I first came there, I, I thought it was really great good. guys, and I, I had a blast. Yeah. And regardless of what it was, and you're 100% right with the, the organization and the structure and, and some of the leadership or whatever, but... The, the guys that were Goals there, and, yeah. the guys were great. Yes, that was so, never the problem. Yeah. yeah. We, we went, uh, before we even started Fire Academy, to pick up SCBAs. Oh, and they had their, their, their big fire. Uh, is that, was that the same day? Or are you talking about when Zalki brought us in? And yeah, yeah. So we went, like, on a Saturday or something. Or it might have even been a Sunday oh, when okay. everybody's just, you know, chilling. Probably, like, any department, Sundays you just relax. We came to pick up our SCBAs, and Chris comes out and puts us through some SCBA hours. drills that are going to help us for like two and two a half, hours, three yes, hours. You know what I mean? When he could have just sat in the chair, oh, relaxed. Just, and like he totally, me at all. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and then Chris was my officer forever, and dude's awesome, you know? So, yeah, I agree with you. At the time, like, they were just great dudes, and every day was just, like, really good. Really so good. in Linkwood, are there full-time guys and contract guys? Or is every, there Everybody was quote unquote full time, so we worked twenty four forty eights. 
but um, it was all contract. You were contract uh, employees. Yeah. Yeah. The, whole, the whole department was, was contract. Except for right. Chief Down, too? Chief Down, yeah. Okay. Chief oh, was, yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. Chief was a uh, vice president of PSI. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Larry, Larry yeah. I'm not going to say his name, but he was my BC, which was wise officer, uh, chief, right? Chief. That's how I got to River Grove. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And he was awesome, too. Yeah. You know? No, I honestly, it was... I, it was a really good thing. It's just what what really I, I struggled with was the mission. Like what what was our overall yeah. goal? And we we talked about this. One of the one of the things that that we did being on shift with you and, and Timmy, especially, is evenings. Yeah. And I don't know how many evenings we did this over how many like years a span of years we would sit on the apron or inside the the bay and we smoke a cigar and we would talk about everything from the the war girls bad calls to everything and we and it that's that really helped me put a lot of stuff into perspective i had a, i had a rough my first couple of years at lincolnwood were rough i had some family issues and i had uh some stuff going on with me and i really struggled my first couple of years and that that's what got me through but you, that that apron therapy really helped you out yeah yeah that's oh, a good for that's sure, for yeah. sure it's not nothing it's I not was always out there. very excited to work on their shift. Yeah. yeah. You know, on a swap or a trade or whatever, because I had Lou and I had Cam, who were awesome. Oh, and, yeah. and Chris was yeah. awesome, obviously. But I can't share the same stories with them like I can with you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. it was always great to I was so come to your to shift. What yes. we're doing right now. Yes. Me and Dan did that every third day. Right, right. Yeah. And the best part is you could just do it over and over because I'd forget every time. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and even better Remember than that. Remember that time I forgot that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and even better than that, can we just take a special moment to thank Chris so much oh, Jesus. for everything that he's done to get, a, get us all together. On the air. On yeah, the air. get well, us all together. Really make this happen behind oh, the scenes. <laughs> so it, there's a running inside joke about me going over or around Corey here to, to get this, uh, <laughs> to get, get these three together. The when I went, when, <laughs> when I stepped, uh, outside the chain of command here, <laughs> things, things got wild. I took a beating. So, so it's still taking a beating <laughs> to this minute. Thank you again, Chris. Uh, so <laughs> was Keating. So hold on. Back to Keating. But right before Keating. All right. I struggled with like the mission. Of our fire department. Yeah. And I'm not talking about some cheesy line on a piece no, no, of paper. No. I'm talking about the overall mission. And it, I, I came to kind of come up with it, like this thing. Where it, it, your mission is to provide whatever you want, fire prevention, uh, EMS to your, your people. Come up with a plan to, to do that. Plans change. Missions don't. All right, I I didn't make this up myself. This is stuff. This is stuff I've learned. Yeah, complete the mission, not accomplish the plan. There's too many people focus on your plan, and the mission is already. You're not even relating to the original mission at this point. So I've always I've always stuck with that, and it's really and again, this is nothing I've made up. This is stuff I've learned. Accomplish your mission, don't complete the plan. Plans change. Um, That was one of my biggest struggles with Lincoln. We did a lot of training, and I feel like the training was a lot of checking the box. Sure. It was you're looking to complete training, not conduct training. 
and I'm very passionate about this. And this goes all the way back to before Nazaria, Lieutenant yeah. yeah. Sealy doing the doing the patrols in Kuwait. And you, I mean, you can stop it here and press record because the funny thing about training is it'll save your life, and you won't even know it. Because something Fredo did saved my life. Something I did saved your life. You won't even know it is when it's done right. So it's kind of that no news is good news thing. People don't realize that. So I really struggled with the training of Lincoln one. We used to go out and on warm summer days water the water the yard. Yeah. And I remember yeah. you you talking about okay guys come and I was and, I was aggressive at this. I mean right. I had a heart I, I didn't accept this. I had a really hard time. They said come out in helmets and gloves. That's all you got to do. And and Wise came out. He goes really you're gonna do that? Typical. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, that's because I'm an asshole. And then he goes, are you going to go into a fire like that? Oh, no. Well, why don't you get your shit on? Like, we're really going to do this. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you train like you, you do it? Okay. So I went out and we got our stuff on and then everybody else, we shamed everybody else and, and everybody else. And we had good training and we used to do that. We used to train like we fight, we'd prepare like we fight. Cause everybody, I believe me, I'd love to go out and do it in, yeah, right. in helmet and gloves. That's fun. Right. Cause now you're just spraying. I can make a hydrant. That's easy. But do it like train like you fight. And you, you're the one that brought that up when I, when I was walking out. And he goes, really? You're going to do that? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Something I'm, I'm very passionate about. And it, it's not something I just stumbled upon. It's what was taught to me. About, like, like I said, I was lucky to have that leadership. I, we, uh, to this day, I honestly think we were alive in Nazaria because of my platoon's training and because of Lieutenant Seeley. And I know for a fact I'm alive with 4th Platoon, 2nd Force Recon, because it's our training and the lack of the enemy's training. Yeah, one thing that uh, has always frustrated me with all of the departments that I've been on, 3-4, was when we would go out to do training and uh, the lieutenant or captain, whoever it was, would be like, all right, we're going to make Waz, who was just a regular firefighter, the lieutenant on this call. You're absolutely you right. You go exactly ahead and take this. these two guys into the building, yep. and I would be like, I'm not going to be in the building with Waz. I'm going to be in the building with you. So why the yep. hell are, are you not putting your gear on and going into the building yep. with me so I know what you're doing and you know what I'm doing? You know I what I mean? I have a white shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I no, put my gear on I completely, all I know exactly the what damn time and go in on... You know, well, I think that goes back to what you guys were talking earlier is that you learned more from bad, bad leadership, leadership yeah. than you did from great. Like, great I'm not going to sit here and, and I, I don't I don't want that to come over that way. I'm not sitting here and bashing Lincoln at all, because I think overall they, they sent out a, good, a very good product to the citizens of Lincolnwood. Um, we had good leaders and we had bad leaders, just like every organization. I'm not going to sit here and bash it. Um but I, I, me personally, I struggle with some certain aspects of it. That's all. I don't. Yeah, I'm and, not going to sit there. Honestly, probably, I don't know. Pro- probably the name is even going to make it in. But, but like you said, the mission. Like, what's, what are you trying to accomplish here? You know, like that's that's always been kind of my pet peeve too. Is like what, what are we trying to accomplish here? And like, a place like there is different. Because of you, Bri, because, like, when there's a a place like that, when there's a lack of leadership, the only place 
or, or the only people that excel in a place where there's a lack of leadership are guys who are self-motivating. You know, the, that's the only people. Those are the only people, like the guys who are like, uh, we'll see where today goes. Like, they show up to that, that town, they're going to lay on the couch all day long. They're not going to do anything. The, the self-motivating guys, the guys who wake up at 5 in the morning and run 15 miles, the guys who, you know, who, who sleep three hours a night because they got, you know, whatever, because they got demons going on. Like, these are the people that are going to end up, like, they wake up in the morning, they're like, I'm getting shit done today. You know, they're the ones who are going to excel. But, like, if there's no leadership, you're not getting any leadership from guys except it's from you, Bri, or except you know, from you, Danny, or, or, or you, Al. Like, I mean, these are places where, like, yeah, it, it sucks to not have, like, a mission, but, like, that's where guys like you stand out, you know? Like, that's that's where, you know, you guys tear yourself apart and, and like, your guys are, your guys aren't working because, oh, I'm going to fucking get in trouble tomorrow. Like, your guys are working because fucking Dan's a great guy. And, like, if if... I do a good job and he does a good job and I'm working to, to make sure that Dan does it, you know? And like, I mean, I get it. Like it, I'm sure it was a fucking nightmare because I worked for the same companies, but like it, I get what you're saying too, that like there's, there's some fucking studs there too, oh, I've seen you know, yeah, that, that you were yeah. with. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking. The and, guys were never the, the guys right. were never the right. well, yeah. I mean, It was just the overall mission. That's all, that's what right. I struggled with. And, ju and just so everyone knows here too, like these, that's where three, these three guys come together. Like that's yeah. where these yeah. three guys, right. you know, know each other is, is from this town. So, I mean, speaking of that, like now take us to this Keating. So, because this is this in, is a, in town. Keating is the first time this happened to me. It's been about, I think maybe five, four or five times now where training, quality training has paid off the immediate or next shift after doing it. It's, it's happened to me numerous times. Um, made a fire on Keating, I don't know, 6,800 block Whatever. probably right off of Pratt. Yeah. In town. Um, in town, in Lincolnwood. This is your fire. Uh, it was our fire. We were first engine, first truck. Um, and uh, as we get toned out, it was middle of the night. Uh, we had a report of people trapped. We pull up. The funny thing, not the funny thing, the are, significant Are you an thing, officer at this point? I am not. Okay. I was driving the ambulance, so that means I jumped to the truck. So okay. I just ditched the ambulance on somebody's front lawn, um, which I got in trouble for. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the significant part about this is earlier, let's back up to in the morning, we had, uh, division drills at Nipsta, which I, I've been fairly vocal about being less than stellar drills at Nipsta at the time. They've, this They've is gotten better. Yes. Gotten yeah, better. absolutely. This is a long time ago. Um, we did, uh. The morning, I don't know, engine and truck, they flip-flopped, uh, went to Nipsta, and they did, like, uh, search drills and tick camera drills. And when the truck was gone, the engine did, uh, we have a new hose load where it's like a circle thing, stupid thing mm. that we supposed yeah, to have for high-rise, but we just decided grade. to put it on everything but for the high-rise pack. Um, we had a new uh, pre-connect hose load on the engine. So we're, uh, whoever was home drilled on the pre-connect, 
Whoever went to NIPSTA drilled on the tick camera and searches, and then in the afternoon they switched. So let's fast forward to whatever time in the middle of the night we get a report of uh, fire with people trapped. At uh, night, huh? At night. No shit. Uh, probably midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning maybe. Um, and all three of you were working at this time? Me and no, Dan were afraid I wasn't. I'm on the next shift. Yeah. I was on the tr- I was in the truck. You were hydrant. I was engine. Pipe or hydrant? I was a backstep so I was Okay. Um, we were familiar with the house a little bit. We had, had EMS. No, no, through. no, no, no. You were driving the engine or the ambulance? Yeah. I oh, we were riding. both on the ambulance. Yeah, I was riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was you, riding. Okay, sorry. Bear so I jumped to the end. I jumped to you the end. You jumped the engine. I jumped the ambulance. Did Dan just remember something that <laughs> you didn't remember? How does that... Explain my my mental capacity. Dan just out remembered you. Ten, <laughs> ten second time is what we were talking about yeah, earlier. That's what I said. Yeah. Uh, when? <laughs> so uh, we ended up doing a fender and a search on a first floor window, which is like elevated. So it was like uh, you needed a boost up. Sure, like a not like just a, like um, an entrance, yeah. like a raised range kind of, but sideways, wider than it is. Longer, okay, yeah. In the rear on the seaside, and. Uh, we found the victim. Like a tri-level type deal? Nah, no, just a raised ranch. No, no, no tri-level. Just okay. honestly, I don't. There wasn't a first. I don't even know if there was a basement. To be honest with you. Um, and you found somebody on the first floor. We did in the bedroom that we went. To, this was the victim's bedroom. We knew that the the husband was out in front. What were the us. conditions like when you went in? Fire blowing out of the A side, uh, A B corner, uh, A D corner, A D corner. Um, we entered the the B. The BD corner, and uh, we found the victim like half under the bed, like right when I grabbed her foot. Uh, Lieutenant Pierce had her with a tick camera, so we found her with a tick camera. And uh, I was, I mean, I, mean, I don't even know how much time I had on it at this point. Maybe two years. I, I remember, I was moving a little too fast. I grabbed her shirt, ripped it right off. <laughs> okay, grabbed her arm. I felt like I almost ripped her arm off. Of it was you, Pearson Salata, and right? Kenny, Kenny Salata. I Kenny. believe he's yeah, in yep. Gurney now. I think he's a Gurney. I thought he was now. south. He did. I think. I think he went up to okay. Gurney. Okay. Good dude. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Pierce, awesome. Yeah. Um, so Pierce found him with a tick. Where everyone we found him, and uh, we ended up getting her out, passing her off to the battalion chief Ray that was at the window, passing her out the window. And then we exited. It's always killed me. It's always killed me because we never closed the door to the bedroom. <laughs> it's all. I mean, everything worked out great. But it's just that stupid. Not stupid. It's that significant little thing we're supposed to do. Because by the time we were getting out, fire was starting to come into the room. Sucked it all right in. And then I think it was Cicero, Timmy Cicero, that was on the pipe. Timmy, Timmy held the pipe. And he put it, got the fire in check. I mean, honestly, we okay, so we got her in the backyard. Um Opened up her way, gave her a few breaths and everything. I believe we brought her to a Skokie, a Skokie ambulance. And, uh, and, and as far as I know, she, she lived. I mean, with no deficits and everything. But the significance of this was literally the pre-connect was pulled that we trained on that morning. And the tick was used and proper search techniques were used. I mean, it, literally, we trained on that this morning. And that's happened Katrina to me four, four other day. times. That's happened to me in my fire service career. Really? Once my first fire in at one seventeen, the the shift before my captain was telling me about. <laughs> my, that's her. Is it really? I'm Facebook friends with her. Are you and serious? She is hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I'm that's very, fantastic. And, and I never. Gone, 
she has gone out of her way on numerous occasions to show her appreciation to the department. Oh, good. Yeah, she's awesome. she's a great, really, really great lady. I'm not gonna say any names, but, but no, that's yeah, great. Really, really class. And it's, if you look on here, how many years ago was this? Uh, All of ten. All yeah. of fifteen years ago. Crazy. So she was she was a young girl at the time, huh? Mm. No, I'm middle aged. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my first fire at 117. The ship before my captain was talking about if we get like a garage or back porches or something like that, he wants us to take the tray, inch and three quarter, with the two and a half, not just take the exposure line. Like some companies do. There's no wrong tactic. It's just what people do and what others. Some people take the the officer side and then bring the the uh, the rubber line and attach. My captain wants us to bring the tray with us, so it's already there. And so my first fire is exactly what we did. It was basement, full basement going back porches and second floor. We broke the, we broke off the tray, broke off the inch three quarter. We knocked it down with a two and a half, reattached, and went down to the basement. It's literally exactly what we drilled on the day before. Drilling saves lives. I can't I can't uh, uh, hit this enough. You know, I mean, I'd rather not drill. Then do bad training, you know. Bad tra- bad training was worse than no training. It's it's that significant. I got just a quick story. Yeah. We were, um, you know, I had just gotten promoted to sergeant. I got promoted to sergeant when I was in Iraq, so I had like four or five guys under me, and we were doing foot patrol in some neighborhood. I don't remember which one, and uh, it was two columns, one on one side of the, uh, like on the sidewalk on one side of the road, and another column on the other side of the, on the sidewalk on the other side of the road, staggered, and rounds came in. I'm not even sure from where. Everybody hit the dirt and rolled to the outside exactly like how you're supposed to. And I did the same. I hit the dirt, and I rolled to the outside, and I look up, and everybody had done the same thing, and it was, like, one of the proudest moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was nothing, but, like, everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah, everything worked the way it was planned. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, at the time, we hadn't had too much contact. So for that to happen, for everyone to just do exactly what their training, training to do was like one of the proudest moments. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's incredible. It like, is. It, when, when all your hard work pays off. Yeah. I mean, it really fucking makes it feel good. Right. Yeah. I think that that's really where, um, you know, city, suburban, uh, wherever fire departments you are. Like, I think that that's really where boots hit the ground and, um, you know, departments I think are, are kind of stand aside from each other is like, how much they're training and how much like 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 you guys said like you don't I mean it's fucking Sunday you know you you might smell like a fucking bourbon barrel you know you <laughs> might you might have been up till a couple hours before shift but like the the idea of like well fucking got to get this done like this is what we do and and knowing that that muscle memory is there that you know even if I'm a fucking idiot today. Like my body says to do this, despite what I'm thinking. Like that's that's where I've never looked ground, at training as a hassle. I've yeah. looked at bullshit training as a hassle. Yeah. But show me a good fireman that does quality training, and and comes back and says that was bullshit. They're gonna sit there and be like, no, that was that was good. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, I didn't really feel like it, but quality training is 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 key. 
It has to be realistic quality training. Otherwise, it's fucking garbage. We, uh... And that's what... Well. We, don't, we don't get too many fires out at BG. Most, most people don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but... Um, because you, you don't know what you're going to do when you're in... You don't know what you can do until you're actually in that situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we all think that you can go into a hot house and put the fire out and save the person or whatever. But until you actually do it, you have no fucking idea. But because we've trained, guys just fucking do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's that muscle memory. It's that you've trained and, and you rely on your training and it just becomes automatic. And that it is exactly why you train. Yeah, exactly. And in Iraq and in, in the fire service, it, it's invaluable. So, Brad, going through paramedic school, you're, you were fully intended on getting a job with Chicago on yeah. the fire side. I, uh, I take some suburban tests. I took <laughs> the first test I took was Huntley's, which I have family out in like Woodstock area. I'm like, okay, I could do this. Absolutely. I remember I went with Lou. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> Said they're higher. There was sixty people for the test, and they're hiring nine. We're like, that's pretty good odds, like yeah. for a suburban test. And uh, test comes out, and I finished fourth. Like, oh my god! Like, first try? Are you kidding me? I hired three and threw out the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I had all my eggs in the city basket. I grew up a city guy. Both my parents are cops. I want to be a Chicago fireman. You know. And when. Where, what were you doing when you got called for the city on the medic side? Uh, I was working in Lincolnwood, uh, full-time, River Grove, part-time, and I was teaching for IFSI. Okay. When So you took your passion for training. You went to um, IFSI, and you started teaching down there, and you took so, that, that same ethic with you? Yeah, I, I, took as, I took as many classes as I could when I was in Lincolnwood especially the ones that are grant-funded that were free because most of the only ones they would send us to. Um, when I went through collapse, uh, I felt, uh, I feel like I've used the word significant way too many times throughout the last, <laughs> last year. After hearing it, I'm like, uh, I thought it was pretty significant on the, uh, the, the approach, the way they handle things. Like everything, I mean, they, they do colors in the morning, raise the flag, um, the training is quality, as realistic as you can be training. Um, and I'm I'm a when, not if guy kind of for the Chicagoland area. So I really, I really bought into the training. I believed in it. So at the time, you had to uh, – there was no state fire marshal portal website kind of thing. You had to take the class, go back to your fire department, fill out a form, send it to IFSI, IFSI would sign it, send us a state fire marshal. State fire marshal sent it back to you to sign up for the state test. It was ridiculous. So in doing that, I wrote a letter basically saying how I believe in the program, I believe in what you're doing, uh, kind of volunteering, like I'd like to like to get my foot in the door if you need help painting props, whatever you need. I like to, I just want to be involved in something I believe in. I sent them a, like a real nice letter, spelled it out a little nicer. And uh, nothing. I got my... Uh, notification to for exam you know four years later i got a text from a friend like do you still want to be a collapse instructor i was like what the fuck <laughs> is, this, is this a thing like I, how, is that that actually worked i'm like absolutely i talked to my wife we had young we just had it, my daughter at the time i'm like oh this is horrible timing <laughs> hmm. um so yeah i got involved in the collapse program 
uh, Structural Collapse Ops and Tech. And then from there, uh, I started teaching the uh, the RID Under Fire, the Rapid Intervention Technician class. So those are the two programs that I teach, or I help teach. Okay. And you get called for the city, um, and what year was that? I mean, I know, but... 14. For, <laughs> right? 2014? I don't think it was 14. August 2014. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. No, 14. 14? Yeah. Okay. All right, you, but you don't go alone. You go with April, right? We that's what we actually yeah. ended. Yeah, we yeah, ended so the last one. With. You uh, you make it to the um, Chicago Chicago Fire Department uh, EMS Academy, and you were the first class of what would be known off that list, the yeah. alphabet class. Yeah. Out of <laughs> all of those groups, you wind up uh, in the alpha class. Fitting, fitting. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that's actually pretty significant um, because I ended up being in the front of seniority in the first class off that list. So that's significant for crossing over well, five years later, four years later. three, Six weeks later, there's 150 people. Right. Well, in, in a short amount of time, you're even before you're off your candidacy, you have almost 100 people behind you right. before right. you're done with your candidacy. Hiring, hiring so many people, yeah. Because there was a, a, a time when we were down there that – there was three classes going on at the same time, which they were really trying to get medics in and out. And how many weeks did your class wind up being? Six. Which is abbreviated, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Was it, like, like militant? Or was it more relaxed? Well, uh, in yes. the beginning, you guys had Johnny Cole. Yeah. And he was very, he's Cole, scary. Cole and Banshra did very well. Yeah. Yeah. And they played the part it very was, well. They were very militant in that drill instructor role. Yeah. But and did they did a good job with it. Like they, yeah. I, they did. They yeah. did. Yeah. And, you know, that was their role, and they didn't get involved in the education or. Nor the, should they. You That's know. not their role. Yeah. And so then there were the the other instructors like myself and some of the other medics that took on a different role in that academy as far as um, the hard part for me with these guys was to kind of play that militant role because I wanted to rush to the point where I wanted to get them to that point where they trusted me and they wanted to learn the stuff that I wanted to teach them. And, you know, I wanted to get past all this nonsense stuff that you got to go through and, you know, play the game. And now let's get to the teaching part. I was still learning how to be an instructor when these guys came in, but I had an idea of what I wanted to teach these guys, especially when Brian was talking about, you know, having your mission. Sometimes, and this is way above my pay grade, but... The mission was to get as many medics out on the street as we could during that time. And I had to kind of play within that confine. So yeah. that's, um, a that's a horseshit mission. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. You no, know, I, I get the position the department was in, but that, that's absolutely horseshit. Yeah, and, and you know what? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you work with what you got to deal with. Yeah, then. and so I just wanted to impart my two cents and move on to the next class because there was what we go to uh, i stayed down there for till foxtrot did you really yeah or uh, delta delta 
And then um, they had still right on the heels three more classes after that. So they were they were jamming out medics. Brian finishes up there. You go to the south side. It did. Yeah, I got assigned uh, ambulance uh, fifty eight. You wound up having a good partner. Oh, I right. like again <laughs> spoiled just like yeah. every everywhere else. Uh, my first first I went out to ambulance fifty five. And uh, with Frank Jackson, just for a month before our assignments. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Uh, uh, Ambulance 55 was the assignment of another podcast alumni, Jeff Rich. Yeah. Who was here on our very first podcast. I uh, I actually talked to Jeff before I ever decided to do that. I, I reached out to a few people before yeah, I ever reached out to that experience. You <laughs> son did of you Zelky Rich? <laughs> Is that what you did? No, he Zelkied me. <laughs> He's a, oh, he's a, I'm the Corey Lieber yeah. of oh, this. He's, he's elkied me. He's a truck 29 guy. <laughs> so, uh, so I was there for a month, and then I got assigned to 58, and I couldn't believe it. That was it's what I, I wanted Inglewood. Yeah, I'm a North Sider, but I, no rhyme or reason. I just wanted Inglewood. I got it. I couldn't believe it. I, I, like I won the lottery. And a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I was with uh, Cedric Jordan. Gentlemen, oh my god, <laughs> nicest guys in this fire department. Loved yeah, it. absolutely loved it. And how long were you a single role medic before you had the opportunity to cross? Uh, four and a half, five years, yeah, five years probably, yeah. somewhere between there. Yeah, for people who don't understand how the Chicago Fire Department works, as long as you take the entrance exam f- to be a firefighter, if you come on as a single role paramedic the city will give you the opportunity to what we call crossing over. So Brian can go to as a single world paramedic and now he'll cross over to the fireside as a firefighter paramedic. And you, so there's a class of firefighters who have to go to the EMS side. They do their three months down at fire Academy South. And then when that group, goes over to the Quinn and start their firefighter training, Brian goes and meets up with them, has a crossover, because he doesn't have to, he's already a paramedic, he's already working, he just catches up with the group when they get to the fireside. How was your experience there? Can I talk about something real quick yeah, before I go to that? Um, kind of skipped it over, I want to make sure we touch it, because I'm going to hit on another story while in the fire academy. Um, we talked about like, the mental health and uh, dealing with stuff a little bit. Um, and we talked about like dealing with uh, Dave was okay because we're in the middle of Fallujah. We didn't really have a choice. We were still fighting. Tom was a little bit harder because we went back and we're sitting in our tent. We had some downtime. But what was tough was after I got out, guys were still in. Guys kept dying. I was like, well, wait a minute. I got out. Like, what the, what the fuck's happening right. here? I, did, I thought I didn't have to deal with yeah. this shit anymore. Yeah. We're I, I already struggled enough. Uh, so that... I had a real, I had a much harder time dealing with it once I got out than when I was in. Because in, I was busy. I had a mindset. I was trying to do stuff. Did you, um, did you feel like you were helpless? Like not being able to help out over there when you? You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word helpless. I, I was just angry. I, I, I was just like, what the fuck? You know? I heard about Rob. I already talked about it earlier. Rob Gilbert was killed. Um it just kept happening, guys from my grunt unit, guys from my recon unit, and then it was a couple suicides. Like, what the fuck is happening? And the longer I've been out, the the longer it's spread in between. But when I first got out, it was like every two months. It was brutal. Then it turned like every six months. Then it was like once a year. It just kept happening. That was harder and harder to deal with. So that's where I came up with that. Uh, 
like the what I talked about earlier being like significant enough just to be a part of a story, part of the history, you know. Uh, so I want to talk about. I just want to hit that before we went into the fire academy. But yeah, I uh, went to the fire academy, and uh, I, got, I was sitting here last night trying to figure out how I was going to word this without sounding arrogant, and I absolutely do not mean this to be arrogant. But I, I put a lot, a lot more than ever before stress on me for the fire academy. I felt like I had a lot of eyes on me. I had, I, I felt like I felt like I had a decent reputation. Yeah, you know, I got the guys from IFSI. I got my military reputation. You know, I was driving the chief at the time, so a lot of people knew who I was just for that. And I was a fireman before. I'm a fireman that teaches for IFSI. I'm going through a fire academy. I feel like I, I, I should be the, the better one, you know? And, I'm, and I know we talked about it at the end of one of the other episodes where I was like, I was also trying to pull my shit where I want to be like Alex. And I wanted to be like... Uh, I wanted to get the award and prove something academically and stuff. Like that brought my stress level. Like, it was brutal. Like I didn't, I didn't expect this. I'm like, all right, go through this fucking fire academy and be done with it. I'm already a fireman. How hard can this be? Oh, I got this idea of getting this award. Like, God damn it! Why did I ever think about this? You know. Well, ex- explain the significance of getting an award at the academy. Like, well, you get to you get to pick your spot. Yeah. They give you a list of assignments, and you get to pick your assignment, which is huge. It's it is huge. It's career changing. Yeah. So, I had to go for it. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I ended up taking the driver position for Fred for Chief Schomer before I crossed over. I felt like I could. Uh, and it was close, right? Wasn't you and somebody else? Wasn't it close? Very. Yeah. It was decided between. It was the uh, academic one. Yeah. Uh, it was decided between uh, 0.08%. <laughs> and the shitty part was he was about 10 times smarter than I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so you beat him out by 0.08%. I, I, I legitimately felt so bad because I know how, I mean, I know how hard I tried. I, I literally studied for a year before I ever crossed over. I, uh, this is going to get kind of tough, but I, uh, I've never fucking <laughs> read that much before in my life. I've probably read the State Firefighter Mods at least a hundred times. Um, and uh, I just, it was a matter of like how, if I could hold him off because he kept gaining on me. This poor guy. I, I wish I, I wish he was able to pick two. He really should have been able to do it. Uh, yeah, he had 0.08% less than me. Um, That's a question. Less than that, yeah. <laughs> that, that's missing one question on that, and any of the, because it's cumulative. Yeah, it's seven, I think, total tests. Yeah, six in the final, I believe it was. But uh, you know, well, let's be honest. Who, who, who put in more time reading? Who put in more time trying? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that I, I right. put, that I, I mean, yeah, no. They, like you're saying, this kid I had to. I, I have a right. memory problem. Right. <laughs> I have an attention problem. I had, I absolutely had to. And I, you're, you're saying this brutal. guy deserved it because he was smart. But well, like, there's I, a lot I of fucking smart guys. It took effort to get what he did. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that for one second. No. Whatsoever. Okay. Bless you. Um, but uh, I just, I just felt bad because I know, I know he tried. Maybe, maybe not as hard as me. Maybe as hard as me. I don't know. I can't. I can't guess. And but. this this guy who came in second is, is is a good guy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah, if he's asshole, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. want. I, Fuck that guy. Because people are gonna listen and they're gonna know <laughs> who this guy. is. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. 
So it wasn't yeah, like, he, you know, like, I was just like, oh, I got to beat this asshole. No, sure. Was, but like, yeah. I, I'm saying more as a testament to like your motivation, you know, like yeah, my motivation like was you, you were fucking busting your balls. Like, don't, yeah. I, I mean, my motivation I don't want people think that like accomplishing you, something academically, which I've never done. Uh, I, I looked up to Alex or recon school. I talked about that. I, I think it was in the second show um, where he just smoked the competition and everything. Um, my goals, my goals for the academy were I wanted to score hundred percent, and I want I wanted to change an answer. Like I wanted to uh, uh, contest an answer, and I want to get the award. Those are my those are my three. I got I'm the award. I changed a couple answers. Wait a minute! Oh, you, nice. you had your I, I stated goal to challenge an to challenge an answer. Yeah. So not only got to be the best, you got to be a jack off doing it. Right. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Yes. It's literally directly related to Alex and Recon School. Okay. The fact that I watched him do that blew my mind. And you know what? And I'll, I'll say it because I literally, I, I've read this thing so many fucking times. It was the last question, and I this might have been the one that put me over the edge. I, um, it was like something about size up, like the five factors of size up. And the answer was like building construction. But in the mod, in the state fire marshal mods, it said building condition. And I caught that. I, <laughs> so I put A, B, and C, not A, B, C, and D. And they marked it wrong. And this was the, this was, this was the final. This was the last test. And I raise my hand, I go to contestant, like, oh, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm that guy already. Yeah. And uh, and the guy's like, absolutely, no, no, it's obviously, but I'm like, I understand building, blah, 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 blah. I go up there. I respect your answer. Right, I understand, <laughs> sir, Bob, I'm trying to be respectful. And I open up the mod, I look, and the instructor's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's just a, a typo on their part, you know? God damn. And that was, honestly, I, the only reason I said this is because it was, Kind of a cool moment for me because yeah. it was, I was yeah. literally doing it because of Alex yeah. in recon school. That's it. It wasn't just just because. Right. Otherwise, yeah, I would have yeah, never. Yeah, you weren't doing for the love of the game to be a fucking dick. Um, but but so, kind but kind of to be a dick for we, sure. Uh, well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, we uh, we took the final test. No, I'm sorry. I skipped over one of the most significant parts. Uh, the night before the final test. Uh, I was sitting there studying. So I would come home. I'd talk to my kids for like an hour, play play around everything, do dinner, and I'd be downstairs studying. My wife was an angel. Like, literally, I had zero family function. Didn't go to Easter. Like, I literally shut down, and I just read and read and read. It was, it was brutal. Um, I'm in the basement. It's like 9, nine or 10 o'clock at night studying, getting ready to go to bed for the final. The last test is between me and this other guy. My phone goes off, and it's a picture of Shep, the guy I was talking about yeah, numerous no, times yeah. before. Um, and it's him in his Army uniform. So he got out of the Marine Corps and joined the Army. Well, I think he was forced out of the Marine Corps. Uh, joined Army Special Forces. My first initial reaction was like a professional-looking, you know, like my first impression, like this is fucking homo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, like, hey, right. Chef doesn't belong in an army uniform. This looks, it looks retarded, you know. I scroll, like I did the scroll down thing, and it says, 
special forces soldiers dies in training accident. This is a is this a group a group text like with, with no your guys? No, this is just from one guy. Okay. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. My first impression was kind of funny. I'm like, well, yeah. every time I talk to the guy, I say, like, I can't believe you're still alive. Right. <laughs> so I, I stopped. I was like, fuck. Parachute? Yeah. Yeah. At Bragg or Yuma? I don't even know, to be honest with you. I think it was in North Carolina. Is that a, a common thing, Dan? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Is, is when you hear that killed in a train, is it more than often a parachute accident? Yeah. yeah. That's I would say that's the overwhelming the most, majority. Yeah. That's that's the most you have the least control and it, it's one of, if not the most dangerous thing we do. Remember yeah. me telling you about the sniper mission I did when I was with the grunts with a guy who had his feet messed up. Well, that guy ended up coming to recon and, and he was killed in training because a Humvee rolled over. And crushed them, but I would say the overwhelming majority would would be air, airborne, yeah, parachute. So I saw this and it's just fucking like a like a baseball bat to the face. Like I, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I just and this was a day the night before for your test. Yeah, Jesus. and I, I don't. I I hate telling the story this way because it turns and makes it about me. But so I stopped studying. I'm like, fuck this. You know, I did the whole group text thing. Ah. Reaching back out to your guys. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone had the same reaction. And uh, I uh, set my alarm. I, I obviously can't sit there and study. So I I, uh, I went to bed and uh, set my alarm for about like, Two or three o'clock in the morning, I don't remember what. Put out a pot of coffee and started studying. Getting ready for that final. I uh remember I wrote the form two asking to go to the funeral and I like loaded it up like heavy. Like there's yeah. no way they could have said no, you know? And uh I told the instructors in the morning, took the test and everything, but it was fucking brutal, man. Uh and then they wait, they don't they don't tell us the results for two days. So you end up going and taking the test. I did. Oh, I had to. Yeah, I took the test. Head case. Um, and then uh, finally some instructors kind of took it under their reins and allowed me to go. They said, fuck it. They just go to the funeral. Yeah. yeah. So the funeral was the day after? No, a couple days after. Okay. This, um, the, uh, the class was taking the state firefighter uh which you didn't have to sit for. Basic, yeah, because I already had yeah. fire two, three, whatever thing. Um, so timing-wise, it was okay. I didn't have to take the test anyway. So they let me go. Uh, so I still didn't know if who won. <laughs> it was fucking brutal. It's, it's, <laughs> fucking, it's just fucking agony at you. All this shit going on, and you're still like, Now I feel like a fucking, fucking asshole because really I'm, like I'm here know. for Shep, and I'm like, oh, I wonder how, who did what on the test. You know, I'm worried about myself. Um, so I'm, uh, let me go. I, remember, I think it was a friend, maybe, who knows, let's say Wednesday. I left the fire academy. I, I, I don't even know what happened. I think my wife packed my bags, bought the ticket, and I was at O'Hare in a few hours. 
flew out to Virginia and uh, I think it was North Carolina, Charlotte, maybe where I had a layover and uh, I'm sitting there. I'll never forget this in the terminal. I'm reading a book uh, on killing, just a psychological effects on killing. It's a good book. Every, everyone should read it. David Grossman. Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. great book. Oh, yeah. Honestly, honestly, everyone should read it. It's yeah. a great book. Uh, but I was always weird. There's a younger couple sitting across from me, and I'm like, they probably think I'm fucking some kind of weirdo reading right. this book, you know? Right. You got like your Buffalo Bill costume on. <laughs> no, fuck, wait. <laughs> all of a sudden, I look up, and I see Jimmy walking. I haven't seen Jimmy and like, was he going to the funeral? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he's on a layover just like I was. And we just like stopped and like, what the fuck? What's happening here? Not a word was said. If we just got up and gave each other a big hug. How was his chin? <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, I always laugh. I'm like, what is this fuck? Poor couple sitting in front of us. Like, what are these grown men doing? You know, <laughs> I just, I laugh because like, oh, they've never been more safe than being around Jimmy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I spent the rest of the trip with Jimmy. We uh, made it to uh, Virginia, went to the hotels and stuff. I met him at the bar. We had a few drinks. And then uh, we went over to Shep's funeral. We were late. (laughs) We were late. The bar took over about five minutes late, which is fine because he would have been about a half an hour late to mine. Um, We walk in, and it's packed. The Army's doing their weird little thing up in the corner. All our former recon Marines are... (laughs) <laughs> are in the back and I look and <laughs> I can't even describe the feeling at this point it wasn't even about Shep fucking guys slaying a casket in front but I saw Sal Damien Jim. Well, I was with Jimmy, Robert, Scott, Justin, L. Like everybody, everyone's there. I haven't seen these, any of these guys since 2005 with the occasional text message, you know. It was so surreal. I, uh, I laugh about it now because I've, I, I, I honestly, it looks like I'm a kid and like the your professional NFL team walks in. And you're just like, holy shit, that's Al, holy shit, that's Nate. You know, like all these guys, like, oh my god, that's the, that's so and so. I was like, at all of these guys. And most of these guys are out in the civilian world now, right? Are they still st- still in the service? About half and half, yeah. yeah. Some are involved in some way or the other. Some different kinds of groups. Um, some consulting. One guy owns his own. Uh, yeah, yeah, leave it that. Some guy, they're all involved somehow. How right did now. the how did his current teammates interact and treat you? Great, absolutely great. We did the the funeral, and then they did a party afterwards where uh, everyone got up and said a oh yeah said yeah, a chef yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like our like our version of a paddle party. Yep, the Marine Corps paddle yep. party, the recon paddle party. So that was kind of cool. We all did that. Uh, no, they were great. They were great. It's just kind of a surreal moment. It just sucked, you know. So while you were, when did you get the results of your test? While you were still there or wasn't it not until you came back? The first or second day back. Okay. So you 
had your time out there, you didn't get your head back into the, the whole academy world until you got back. And you found out that you beat somebody out by 0.08%. Yeah. Which would have been good enough on any breathalyzer <laughs> to, to, to bring this back to your mom, uh, breathalyzing you. Uh, and you get to, now you've won that award and you get to pick your choice of assignments. And you happen to pick the house of another podcast alumni from this podcast. Yeah. And why did you choose to go to 117? So when I, I saw it on the list, it was like fucking Christmas morning. Which is pretty amazing that that was even available to you because you can pick that spot, but it's got to be that they'll post it by like openings. So let me let me ask you a question. Where Where is House 117? Corner of Chicago and Lamont, Chicago and Cicero. Chicago and Cicero. Forty nine hundred West Chicago. Okay, and what's why why there? Why not in a nice neighborhood, in a posh neighborhood, or next to Wrigley, or somewhere like somewhere else? Why why at the corner of Chicago and Cicero, the Chicago and Lamont? The significant significance for me was that I visited there as a kid. Uh, it's one of the busier houses. Um, you just, the, the busier, the better experience. The more experience I'll be able to okay. get. What? Yeah. Yeah. Just being there as a kid and having the opportunity to actually work, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, it was Christmas morning when I saw that number on the list. I couldn't believe it. So you walk in. How was your first day? So I went. As I, I went before my first day, do the introduction, and everything, obviously, and uh, so like explain to people because a lot of people don't realize like. You don't just show up on your your shift day as a new guy. You go there ahead of time. You introduce yourself to your officer. You introduce yourself to the guys you're going to be working with. And that's done prior to your first day yeah. showing up there. Yeah. Did you bring donuts? I did. From where? Good ones? Uh, what's the place in Norwich? El Grady's. El Grady's. Oh, good. Nice. All right. Did good. you get cannolis? No, just don't the chocolate, chocolate. donut. Well, just, I'm a oh. vegan, and I brought you guys vegan. I'm not going to be a club, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> is that a, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Before yeah, I ever I went in, I got a text from Pat Maloney. It said, uh, "Was your grandma a school teacher, and was your dad wounded in Vietnam?" I'm with your new chief. Like, what? That's kind of weird. Whatever. I'm like, my grandma was a school teacher. My uncle was in, was wounded in Vietnam. And then it hit me. I'm like, shit. Hold on. Does he, did he like her? <laughs> they oh, got another shit. text message. Like, Your grandma slapped the shit out of me in sixth grade. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, it's been great. I, honestly, it's been great ever since. The guys are phenomenal. I, I've been learning a ridiculous amount. I, lo- I loved being the candidate. Absolutely loved it because so many guys want to teach you stuff. <laughs> honestly, it's great. I'll take it. I'll take it all. Anybody has got anything to offer. It's awesome. Here we are at present day. You're at 117, living large, going to fires. Yeah, that's a lot to look back. And people who, by the time they get through these, what's going to wind up being the fourth episode, because <laughs> this one is definitely going to have to be another part one and two. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to contemplate. It's been a hell of a ride for you to come in. You know, from from part one till now. And it's been, I mean, people can hear the emotion in your voice. 
and this legitimately, and you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has been an emotional roller coaster from start to finish. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a lot. And if, if this isn't therapeutic, I don't know what it was. I learned a lot about you. I learned a lot about life. Three of you guys, like collectively, I'm blown away by the things that you guys have accomplished, your experiences, and I can't thank all three of you enough for for coming in and kind of focused on Brian here. But if you guys are down for it again, you know we'll do a Dan Trader one, and we'll do an Alfredo one. We really just scratch the surface with you two, Brian. If you want to, we'll leave you with the last word. But Alfredo, any last words? Um, I, I just was a, kind of amazed at how mine and Waz's lives were very parallel, which is, it just, how small of a fucking world, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we were in Iraq at the same time. We were in a lot of the same places. Like a lot of the experiences were the same, same thing with Dan. You know what I mean? We've all experienced like the same things. We were all at the same firehouse. I was on ambulance 15 in paramedic school. You're right, 117. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... Uh, would you... It's like things are happening for a reason? Like... <laughs> I would... Yeah, sure. I would, <laughs> no, say, I would yeah. say... I'm going to get... I'm going to convert you by the end of this podcast. <laughs> it, uh, I, we have talked so much before, but I guess doing this for now nine hours or whatever the hell it's been, it's been uh, eye-opening and how much we've all experienced uh, differently, but the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It's well, like a like goddamn it. Tarantino movie. Like, was <laughs> no. walking in the bar, Alfredo's, like, fucking hitting on a chick in the corner, like, fucking... Right, right. And then Tra Dan Trader comes in, Fights yeah. everybody. Yeah, pulling the fucking China shit. Yeah. Dan, uh, your final words, and then we'll give out that warrior's heart number one more time. From part one to now, like, what are your thoughts and, like, you know, any final thoughts that you want to add well, today? I want to thank you guys, and thanks, Waz, for uh, for thinking of us and for involving us. It means a lot. Yeah. It's been a – I'm amazed – at the reaction that I've gotten from the number of people that, that listen from the number of people that have said, Hey, I, you know, I haven't, I, people I haven't heard from or, or talked to in, in, uh, in years. And, uh, uh, Timmy Breslin reached out and said yeah. how good it was and how good it was to hear you and, and, and how happy it was we were doing it. And all the, all the people have had such a good reaction to it. Uh, thank you for, and I know it sounds cliche, but thank you for what you've done. Thank you for, uh, the service that you've gone, that you've given, um, not just for your country, but for the for those grunts and for those other guys next to you, and I know they appreciate it. Uh, it was an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Dan. And we're gonna uh, reserve the right to call you back here because we want. There's a lot we want to uh, get to you with you as well. Before we, it's get a it's a big joke, like among us. Fucking dicking each other off about the thank you for your service thing, but like going back to the to the nonsense Tarantino thing, like it's 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 funny how the little things that you did, making the pot of coffee for the guy the next day, or telling the kid with the batteries, you know, like what are you doing, dickhead? Like the little things that you you guys have done along the lines to to just make a big difference to the next guy and whoever else. So I I would definitely like to extend a thank you guys. For your service because while 
while I'm doing whatever nonsense I am post high school, you guys were out there for sure fighting the good fight. So, Bry, here it is, man. The train is coming into the station. Uh, wrap this up for us, man. Thank you. <laughs> no, drop the mic. I, uh, that was great. Drop the mic. That was great. He was, was not really smiling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I start with saying thanks for the opportunity. I, uh, you're providing me with a platform to provide for my kids. Uh, all the extra stuff. I'm, I'm glad people got to hear it in a way. <laughs> um, if people somehow find comfort in some of the stuff, great. I, I'm happy about that. But uh, I'm able to put down something tangible to give my kids so they're not in the same position I am not knowing about my relatives. Um, the one thing I want to throw out there, and this is directly for my kids, but anybody else can listen, is uh, I talked a lot about uh, joining the Marine Corps, going to go back to Iraq, all this, all my reasons were for revenge, and I was mad and all this other bullshit. Um, after everything, uh, the one thing I can say is that there's my my experience, in my opinion, is that there's absolutely no such thing as revenge. Uh, there's there's no way, there's nothing you could do that would bring back uh, uh, Tom Hauser, or Dave Caruso, or Fribley, uh, Klein, any any of these names I can throw out there. Um, nothing you could do can bring them back. Uh, so there's no satisfaction there. So I would say, focus away from the revenge and the anger, and just try and move forward to. Uh, doing something happy because unfortunately those other guys that you're trying to get revenge for, they don't get that opportunity. So make it worthwhile what you have and they don't. That's just uh, one of the things that I was able to, I came up with that uh, helps me kind of deal with the, the nonsense. That's all I got. Okay. Well, appreciate I, I, you guys for the uh, opportunity. Well, thanks you. Thank you, Brian. I can't thank you enough for being on. We'll leave it at that, man. Chicago's bravest stories. Thank you. We'll see you guys at the next one. Yeah. Thank you, Chris Selke. the opinions and views are that of chicago's bravest stories podcast and their guests they do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments fire protection districts fire departments ems or law enforcement organizations